Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 through 17 also. Let's read. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Did you know that? Amen. If any man defile the temple, him shall God destroy, in verse 17. For the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye? What temple are you? Amen. Verse uh, 16 of chapter 6 in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. Says this. Just as soon as she gets it up, there we go. Says this. We're going to also read verse 17 of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says, And what argument hath the temple of God, what agreement, I'm sorry, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, Wherefore, come out, come out, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. We used this scripture last Sunday night when we were talking about Jacob's journey to Bethel and some four things that that God gave Jacob to tell the people to do before they made it to Bethel. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, this has been a wonderful week, God. We've received, Lord, from the master's table, God. It wasn't crumbs, Lord, but it was full meals. And Father, I'm asking even this morning, Lord, to feed us, Lord. We're not satisfied. We're hungering and thirsting after the word of God here this morning, God. Bless us, Lord. Anoint us, Lord. Anoint our ears and our hearts. God, anoint this tongue right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Take control of this service. This is your church and your people. These people need you, Father. I thank you for what you're doing already. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shake the hand of just one person or two people around you. I'm not going to tell you what to say tonight, this morning. Just welcome them to the house of God. Amen. Tell them they belong here. We want them. Amen. You may be seated when you've done that. Amen. We do have uh, some more DVDs and more. Uh, we finally put CD. We've got two CDs out there of Pastor White, uh, the audio version. Those are selling for $2. If you want the audio version of that, that's sitting out there on the second rack. Above that is the DVDs. We also put um, Brother McDonald's DVD out there. So, Cassie, if you could pick one up, Junior already paid for one. Brother McDonald's DVD is out on the, the rack out there. And there's a couple of co copies of that. Brother Brown is out there, and we'll add a couple of more. Also, I did get, how many people are into MP3s? Anybody got an MP3 player yet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> well, this fascinated me so much that I had to pick one up. Family camp, the complete family camp on MP3 on one CD. The whole week of family camp on one CD for an MP3. Now, there are some CD players that will play MP3, but they're very rare. Your CD will play it. There are a few that will play it. Um, and there's also, uh, of course, uh, iPods and MP3 players, little things like that that you can clip onto it. So I'm going to try to figure out how this works. <laughs> and uh, you help, yes, you, and you, you'll help me figure out uh, how to do that. So I, I may have some of the messages if I can figure out how these work. And we'll try to get some of those for some of you that want them. Brother Black preached an incredible message Friday night. Very small. Transfer that into the iPods. I, I know computers will pay, play MP3s, 
Uh, I do have a software, I believe, that converts it into a regular CD. But uh, anyway, I thought that was fascinating. I thought, man, you know, if they can put a whole camp on one CD, I said, maybe I ought to do this. If we've got a congregation that's MP3 savvy, maybe I ought to put a whole month or two months worth of messages on a CD. <laughs> Sister Ritter's already, already complaining. <laughs> Amen. $10, folks, for the whole thing. MP3. I don't know what MP3 does yet. <laughs> I don't have one. I have no clue. It just sounds, it's a compressed sound file. I know that much, but yes. All right, $10 for a whole week's worth of camp. I'm excited about this. $40 if you wanted the CD versions, absolutely. And it came in each separate CD, so there were like uh, eight CDs or nine CDs or that type of stuff. Amen. What technology? <laughs> All right, we better get on with this morning's message. Amen. Well, we're going to try to record this if my sound person can remember to hit the record button. We're going to try to, did you record this? All right, we may try to get this on MP3. I don't know what we'd do with it. <laughs> I was pretty fascinated with it. I may go look for an MP3 player now. I, I just read to you <clears throat> two portions of scriptures that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Paul was trying to get the people to understand a very simple concept, that you are the dwelling place of God, that God chose to dwell inside of you. I don't know if you understand that those that you receive the Holy Ghost or have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you walk around, you have God Almighty dwelling inside of you. Everywhere you go, you take God with you if you're filled with His Spirit. Every place you go, God is walking inside of you according to these Scriptures. I don't know if you can grasp that concept or not, that God Himself dwells in you. The old-timers were really afraid to go anywhere. They checked their bodies and checked their motives and checked their spirits. They wouldn't go over here. They wouldn't get too close to the honky-tonk because they didn't want God to realize what direction they were going. They wouldn't go to this place or to that place because they were constantly aware of the fact that God himself dwelled inside of this vessel. I, I don't know if you can understand that concept or not. I, I want to preach this morning on take somebody with you, part nine or ten, wherever we're at. <laughs> Amen. The subtitle of this is called The House of God. We've been talking about Bethel. We've been talking about the place that everybody's been going and everybody's been drawing to. We finished up last Sunday night with Jacob's journey to Bethel. And we talked about the four things. Can anybody give me four things that Jacob told his family to do? Can you give me one of them? Clean up. <laughs> Cast away your idol. You guys are good. Here, I really doubted you. I'm sorry. I have to apologize right now. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because for the second there, I couldn't remember until you started bringing them up, <laughs> and I preached it. <laughs> Amen. Jacob told them to get up and wash themselves. He told them to cleanse themselves. He told them to get rid of their idols. That was the first thing, get rid of your idols. And he told them to take a good bath in the message version of the Bible. Told them to put on clean clothes, to take a fresh set of garments and put them on. And then he told them the very fourth thing to do is he told them to rise up and go. Amen. The four things that Jacob had told his family that they were going to do before they got to Bethel. But we've been understanding the meaning of Bethel. The last few weeks, probably close to almost two and a half months, we've been talking about Bethel. We've been looking at the journeys of different men as they were called back to or they were headed to Bethel. Bethel in the Hebrew, of course, we already know means house of God. Bethel in the time of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elijah, Elijah. Tonight we'll talk about Amos and his Bethel experience. All these men's lives revolved around 
around the fact that they were going to or walking through Bethel, that they were heading around Bethel. I, I want you to know that Bethel played a very important function, if you will, in these men's lives. It was a meeting place or it was a dwelling place of God. Bethel was the place that God dwelled at. Bethel was the place that if they could just get back to, God would speak to them. We looked at Jacob. Jacob had built an altar last week, if you remember. He called that altar the mighty God of Israel, and yet God did not talk to him at that altar. God did not dwell there. Finally, Jacob Jacob fell into a, a very bad situation with his daughter and his sons. And all of a sudden, God says, go back to Bethel. So he runs back to Bethel. And, of course, he went through these four things. But, but Bethel was a place where people could come and experience God, where God dwelt, where they could kneel down at an altar and feel the presence of God. That was Bethel to them. Bethel in the Old Testament was the second most mentioned city in all of Scripture only second to Jerusalem. Kings paid tribute to Bethel. We find both David and Saul sending gifts to Bethel. Saul and David set up his, his kingdom in Jerusalem, but yet he still felt within himself that he needed to pay tribute to Bethel. And he sent, he sent gifts when they won a battle. He would divide the, 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 the conquerings up and he would divide all the gifts up. But yet he was conscious that he needed to send something to the house of God. They were concerned about Bethel. They wanted Bethel to strive. They wanted Bethel to grow. They wanted Bethel to be a place where all men could find their way down a dusty road and experience the same experience that each of them had. Bethel was an important part. At Bethel, they built a school of the prophets. The prophets stood inside Bethel's gates and prophesied later on in David's kingdom. We find that. We find Elijah and Elijah, when they went from Gilgal to Bethel, they ran into some prophets that were already in Bethel, prophet, prophesying inside Bethel's gates. I want you to know this morning that the enemy tried to destroy Bethel many times. According to one historical account that I read this weekend, Bethel had been destroyed at least three different times between Abram's finding it and, and Amos prophesying against it. Three different times the enemy came in and destroyed Bethel. They brought it to the ground the very last time, and it was nothing more than a pile of rubble after it had been a great city. It was laid in ruins and in waste. Three times the enemy tried to destroy Bethel. On three different occasions, the enemies came in. The Philistines especially hated Bethel. They were enemies to Israel. David fought against the Philistines. Saul fought against the Philistines. The Philistines hated Bethel. They did not want Bethel to exist. They didn't call it Bethel. They called it Luz. They wanted to destroy Bethel. They hated it. The enemy has always hated Bethel. The enemy has always tried to destroy the place where God desires to dwell. 
I want you to hear that this morning. The enemy does not want you to find a place where you can commune with God. The enemy does not want you to get to a spot in your life and in your walk where you can freely talk to God and express your concerns to God and he can bear your burdens. The enemy all through history said we want Bethel destroyed and yet Bethel has been rebuilt time and time again. The enemy does not like Bethel. I want you to know this morning that the enemy the first time came into the garden and destroyed the first dwelling place where man and God walked together and talked together and communed. The enemy slept into the garden and said, this is not right for man to walk with God. This is not right that man would talk with God. And in the garden, Adam and Eve fell because that enemy came crawling in and said, I don't want you to even do anything with God. The enemy is always being busy about destroying the meeting place of God. The enemy doesn't want you to meet with God. The enemy has never liked Bethel. The enemy has never liked the house of God. Just try to take a journey to Bethel with me, with me this morning, and the enemy will raise its ugly head. In this generation, in this generation, let me ask you one thing. Do you find it easy to make your way to the house of God? Did you find yourself easily making it into the house of God this morning? Was it an easy thing? No, it was an easy thing. In this generation that you and I live in, it's a hard thing to find the time or find the energy. After all, Sunday is our only day of rest. After all, I work Monday through Saturday and I can never get enough sleep, so Sunday's my sleep day. After all, the generation that you and I live in does not want us to dwell here in God's house at all. I just talked to a pastor here this week, and the pastor said, I don't understand it. My own school system plans events on Sundays now. They have ball games on Sundays. They have activities on Sundays. They have festivals and meetings and luncheons on Sundays. He said, my own school system has come against me and doesn't want me to preach and to pastor in my town. You need to understand one thing. The devil does not want you to make it into the house of God at all. The enemy would rather destroy Bethel. The enemy would rather destroy the communion that you can have with God than to allow it to go any further. If you found it hard getting to church this morning, I want you to know that you're on the right path because the enemy is meant on destroying Bethel. We have three blessings. Sophie, Madison, and Nathan, three blessings. And on Sunday morning, I can tell you one thing, those three blessings turn into three cursings. I've looked at my wife before, and I said, do you know they could almost make a preacher swear? It's not their fault. It's really not. The enemy doesn't want us to make it to the house of God. Doesn't want us to make it into the dwelling place where God can commune with us. I'm not fighting against my three blessings. I'm not fighting against my wife to get to church. I'm fighting against the enemy that's decided to separate me from God. It's, I know it's hard, folks. I'm not up here bow breeding you. I'm not up here preaching against you. I'm not up here destroying you saying, why can't you make it to church? I'm not up here doing that. I'm here to tell you I understand why. The enemy doesn't want you to dwell in Bethel. 
You, you need to understand the enemy doesn't want Bethel to exist. It's trying to destroy it all through history. Your journey to Bethel, your journey to the house of God, can I not give you such good news, is going to get harder and harder and harder. Your commitment to God's house is going to have to get better and bigger and stronger because the Bible clearly says that in this last day, the enemy is going to act worse and worse and worse and worse. He's going to raise up all fronts. His nose, his time is coming to an end. He's going to call all soldiers to the front line. I know it's a difficult thing. The enemy would like nothing more than to destroy this house. I, I spoke with Brother McDonald when he was here. And, and, and they don't really see what we see down here. I said, Brother McDonald, he's from Canada. I said, the government's telling you what not to preach anymore. It's coming here in the, in the United States, folks. What we preach can be considered hate crime. We're not hating. We're just telling you that we love everybody and that every man, boy, girl, child is a sinner that's saved by grace. You can find your place of repentance right here in the house of God. You can find your place of repentance right here in Bethel. You can find the old altars that were built in Marathon right here in the house of God. If they just come to Bethel, it's not a message of hate, but it's a message of love that you can change. But this world doesn't want it. They want to destroy this world. I've told you when I first came here, there's a possibility that this church as we know it might be shaken up in the next several years. We may not be allowed to meet here anymore. We may have to go house to house like they did in the book of Acts. The enemy wants to destroy this house. How? I don't want to get all wound up here this morning, but, but I, I want you to know, don't let the enemy take away this place. Don't let him take away the place where weary souls can travel in and find refuge. Don't let him take away this place where those that are running from their past can find hope for the future. Don't let him take away this place where nightmares can turn into visions of dreams. Don't let him take away this place where the old altars are and you can still find a place to get right with God. I've got some good news for you this morning, though. God's a lot smarter than the enemy. Do you believe that? We talked in Sunday school this morning with the young people, and, and I don't want to get so heavily theological this morning that I blow your mind, but God's not limited by time. He doesn't have to play by time. God's at the end of time. He says, I've already got it all figured out. The enemy wanted to go to the left. I was already there. He tried to go to the right. I was already there. He tried to go forward. I was right in front of him. David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of God forever. The God, God I know already has it all planned out. He's not confined by time. He says, I know what that old sly devil's up to. And I've already got a remedy for him. Let him find the house of God. I've got some good news for you. As important as Bethel was in the Old Testament, I was hoping to find its location in the New Testament. In the day that Jesus walked, I wanted to find out what happened to Bethel. I wanted to find out all the New Testament. I had it in my mind that Paul journeyed to Bethel. 
I had it in my mind that John, right before he went to the Isle of Patmos, went through Bethel. I had all this vision, and I couldn't find Bethel in the New Testament. You can't find one mention to it. It's an important city, but you can't find one mention of it. Not in the New Testament. I said, that's kind of strange, God, don't you think? No mention of the New Testament of people that would journey through Bethel. But there was no mention of the second most important city in all of Scripture. Not even one mention in the New Testament. And then it hit me. I know exactly where the house of God is. It hit me that Jesus didn't want to build a location on a map for you to find God. All of a sudden it hit me that I know exactly where the house of God is. And it's available to all those that desire it. I don't know about you, but you need to understand one thing. Your body is the house of God. What's that mean, Brother Inger? What's that mean, Brother Inger? I'm Bethel. Look at me, I'm Bethel. I got Bethel. I'm the dwelling place of God. God lives inside of me. I know where Bethel is. It's not too far. There's a scripture that said, absolutely Job said, where do I go to find God? Is he way up there or way down here? Is he way out there to the left or is he way out there to right? And the Bible said that God looked at him and said, you're closer to God than you think. I want you to know this morning, you're closer to the house of God than you think. He dwells right inside of you. It's not so hard that it's up there, but it's right here. Bethel is right here. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of God? I got to believe that in Paul's day, when he wrote to the Corinthian church, they were wandering around saying, where's God in all this? Where's God in all this? It's getting hard to live for God. And Paul said, come on, folks. Don't you know where God is? You are the house of God. So when you're at work, things aren't going really well. And you're, and you're like me. You're sitting in front of that big desk with that big monitor in, in that air-conditioned building. I'm sorry. I got my soda right here. My bag of chips right here. I got Twizzlers all over the keyboard. And I'm doing my work. This is me working. Right here. This is me working. And the boss comes in and says, you good for nothing. You only stayed till 930 last night, and we were supposed to get some things done. I I don't have to fuss and cuss with my boss. All I got to do is hear the voice of God saying, go back to Bethel. Would you get up and go back to Bethel? And when he walks out of the room, all I got to do is start realizing that there's something inside of me that's greater than him. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are the house of the living God. Where do I go? Where do I go to run from all these problems? Where do I go to run from all this thing? The boss has been on me. My, my wife's been on me. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just ad-libbing here, okay? My wife's yelling at me. She doesn't yell at me. But, but I'm trying to put my place in your... No, I'm kidding. But where do I go? I'll tell you where you go. You go back to Bethel. Go back to the house of God. Go right here and say, God, I know you're in there. I heard a message. Brother Cliff gave me a message. You never gave. I about wore that CD out, Brother Cliff. I won't tell you the preacher because you'll. Some of you already think he's a better preacher than me. But he said, when you can get to the spot where all of a sudden you leave for lunch break, you jump in your car and you say, you know, God, 
If you can just get to the spot where you can pick up the prayer that you started in the morning, if you can just get to the spot where you're communing with him like nothing ever happened, you don't have, you heard Brother Wright said that little story he said, if you and you get to the spot where all you have to do is say A, B, C, D. You don't have to pray nothing fancy or theological. You don't have to say, oh, thou God who rules and reigns in the heaven, thou art highly exalted above all. I humbly come before you and bow. No, all you got to do is say, Daddy, I need you right now. I started something this morning and we got interrupted and I want to talk to you right now. And something inside of you will raise up and say, it's all right, child. I've been here all day long. You are the temple of the living God. You carry the holy God inside you. God no longer desires to dwell in man-made vessels, but he desires to dwell in this vessel. He said, I didn't want to dwell in things made by man's hands, but I wanted to dwell inside of earthen vessels. God dwells. The location of Bethel is no longer needed. Now the purpose of Bethel is still required. And the assembly of God's people in this place is still important. I'm not preaching against that. But I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to run 150 miles from Haran down to Bethel. You don't have to escape from Egypt and go 150 miles back up to Bethel. God's not that far away. He's right here inside of your heart. God wants to dwell in you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To the new covenant saint, Bethel is right here. Bethel's right here. God didn't need to build Bethel back up. Let it sit in rubble. But God said, if I can just build the heart back up, if I could just build the inner man back up, what I'm trying to tell you this morning, and, I, and I'm almost finished, is that there is an experience. There's a journey that some of you may have not taken yet. There's a journey that some of you may not understand yet. And the preacher came in this morning and said, I want you to go to Bethel. That experience is what we call in the church, and I tried to think of other words to explain it, but it's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It, it, it's God coming inside of this vessel. It's God sharing his power with this vessel. It's God sharing his holiness with this vessel. It's God Almighty stepping in and saying, you've been looking for Bethel all your life. I'm right here. Now, I can't explain why. I, I tease people. I, folks, I don't think I'm anything special. I'm not, I'm not anything at all. I'm just a messed up young person just looking for God. God. God showed up one day and said, I'll live inside you. I said, well, I'll take that deal. You're getting the shorter end of the stick. But if you'd like to do some remote modeling, come on in. I tell my wife I'm just building on expansions for the Holy Ghost. I got a new addition I'm working on right now. I want more of God. What I'm trying to tell you, those, there are those here that can stand up and testify that one day they got filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. God filled their life so full that, that they woke up. I've seen them before. You've seen them before when they've come to this altar and God's decided to dwell in. Their face it changes. The glory of God shines round about them. And, they, and God comes on in. I've seen people fight it. You've seen people fight it too. I've seen them sit there at an altar and quiver with lips and tongues. Their bodies fighting against it. Their bodies saying, you're not living here. The enemy's saying, why in the world would I want God inside this vessel? I've been just trying to destroy this vessel. 
but I've seen them pray on through, raise their hands to heaven and speak in a heavenly language they've never learned before and get up and declare that God Almighty is powerful. There's an experience. I know it sounds strange to you, but there's an experience for those that believe that He is God, for those that repent of their sins. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can say, well, well, Brother Inger, I've been looking for something all my life. If I could just find this Bethel that you're talking about, if I could just find this house of God that I'm talking about, I'm trying to say that it's within your grasp. The Bible says that he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. I, I, I got to tell you something. I, I knew a lady one time that, that told me she was just vacuuming the rug in her room. She'd been doing the laundry all day long. She'd just been vacuuming the rug. And all of a sudden, she felt this overwhelming desire to have God Almighty dwell inside this house. And she put the vacuum down, raised her hand, began to speak in a language she never spoke before. God filled her with the Holy Ghost right there vacuuming her house. I know somebody else that was going home from church thinking about what the preacher was preaching. Got down the highway. A cop pulled him over. He said, oh, no, what am I going to do? Raised his hand, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there along the side of the road. God wants to dwell inside of you this morning. I want you to know that it was almost 13 years ago, 12 years ago, that my little old wife, my little old wife, my, my lovely, beautiful wife, I'm sorry, whether I was in the spirit or out of the spirit, I do not know. <laughs> but my beautiful wife made her way to this side of the altar filled with depression, filled with, with all kinds of negative thoughts and problems and situations, and they had just got done playing music in church. Nobody got up and said she could have it. Nobody got up and said the altar was open. Nobody said that she had to come to the church, but she made her way to this side of the church, and through all that depression and pain, she raised her hands heavenward, and God said, I'll dwell inside of that house, and God filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can ask her. We took her to Godfathers that night. Glow all on her face and she started talking in tongues when we came in the ch- in the godfathers i said you go to the basement i'll order for you <laughs> where's bethel at uh, to the new testament saint it's right here this is where bethel is if you would just build an altar in your heart god would show up and dwell there That experience is for you. You say, well, pastor, I need something. I need something more than I've got right now. That's what I'm trying to offer you. I'm glad you believe that God is is Lord of all. I'm glad you believe all that. I'm glad that you've repented of your sins. I'm glad that you're sorry for what you have done. But if you could just receive the power of God, God will help you and give you power to keep on keeping on. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, the night that I received it, Pastor Hodges came to me. He handed me the mic, which was a wrong thing because I haven't let it go since. <laughs> Brand new convert. <laughs> what are you going to do with all that money? I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> no. He said, Brother, he said, Brother Inger, what are you feeling? Handed me the mic, and I just said one word. I said, power. I'm just feeling power. I'm just feeling power. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm just feeling power. I came in here hurting tonight. I came in here wondering if there was really a heaven, if there was really a hell. I came in here with all kinds of doubt and unbelief, but I've received power tonight. Where's Bethel in the New Testament? Right here. Why don't you stand with me? 
For those that you've already received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, would you like more? Do you need to be refilled? You need to be full of the house of God. You need to be full of the presence of God. If you have not received the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit or you've not received God himself dwelling inside of you, you can receive it right now. You can come to this altar in the moments of time. God can fill you with his power. Why don't you just raise your hand real quick, Father? Lord, I, I sense right now that there's somebody here this morning that wants more of you. God, like you told, like they said on the day of Pentecost, Lord, when they came to Peter and said, Peter, we believe the message. We believe that Jesus Christ died for us. Peter, what shall we do? You said, repent. Father, we're coming to you right now in the name of Jesus saying, forgive us, Lord. We're sorry. Lord, forgive us and wash us and cleanse us, Lord. We're so sorry. Lord, the enemies come in and try to destroy this house. The enemies come in and just try to destroy this temple right now. Father, I, I pray that you would put some courage in someone to reach out to you right now. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. But God, I've got to have more. I've got to have more, Lord. I want you to slip out of your pew, those that you're here. We're going to invite everybody. I'm not singling anybody out tonight. I want you to, this morning, I want you to come around this altar. If you just find a place of prayer, maybe you just need more of the Holy Ghost than you had before. Maybe you just need a refilling or a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. I want you to come to this altar. I can tell you that there's hope for you. 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 I've got good news. There's hope for you this morning. I want everybody to find a place of prayer. Would you just find a place of prayer? If it's in the, if it's in the pew, just build a little altar right there and say, God, I need more of you. Oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I need you. God, I need you. Lord, I need more of you. I need more of you, Lord. I need more of you, Lord. I need more of you, Jesus. Lord, I need your strength. Lord, I don't understand everything that was preached this morning, but God, if you could just give me that spirit, Lord, if you would just come and dwell.